1: Hello folks, you're all very welcome back to the Celtic Show podcast, available across all platforms, Apple, Acast, Spotify, and you'll also find us, if you like the look of us on YouTube, at Celtic Fancy and TV. It's been a while since I spoke to Matt, it's been a couple of weeks, but before I, before I kick off, I'll just give a quick introduction to Matt McGloughan. Matt Mclone is well known to Celtic supporters, and because it's a talk of the Terrace podcast, it's good to have a man on that has stood on many terraces throughout Scotland at Celtic Park and beyond, and in Europe. And he's always a few good stories about Europe to tell us. Matt, you're very welcome back to the Celtic Soul podcast. A time to view you, editor, Sells for change, main man. Is there anything else I can say about you that will sum you up? Nah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to build up my guests, you know, get their ego going. But Matt, Thank there's God no ego know. with us anymore. We're too old now for ego. We've been... Uh, We've Barfield. been running out of time with all the young books on the podcasts. Uh, the young, young books are taking over. Aye. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, what can I say? Well, the golden oldie show here. Well, like uh, noisy and smashy off Harry Enfield.
2: I, I actually thought being a Celtic dad was a, a sort of accolade, you know, that you had, you had been there and seen it done it with Celtic, travelling everywhere, brought your kids up Celtic fans. But it seems like it's a bit
1: of a slag, is it not? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I did get a bit of a last year when um when things weren't going too well. There was a lot of it on, on social media, these old Celtic Daz, what did they know? But you know what? Uh, we we only watch the same game. No matter what age you are, we all watch the same game. Matt last Sunday <laughs> we watched a game in Dingwall. Um you know, a tough place to go, but Sallick should have been out of sight by half time Kyogo was on on fire and maybe on another day he could have had three or four before we went in for the break
2: exactly right there Um, I mean uh, they could have killed off any sort of feeling that uh, Ross County were going to do anything pretty quickly the goal was fantastic a great cross and uh, I mean he, he let Henry Larson you know from standing still rather than running at it you get a great height on it um, but I think when a striker's been out for a while, I mean, he's been out since December. Um, you know, other strikers will tell you um, that it takes you a while to get your sharpness back. And saying that, at our old age, there was one day he missed that the keeper stuck out a left
1: hand that we would have put away. Correct? <laughs> well, maybe you, I don't know. You've obviously never seen me playing. <laughs> well, probably never seen
2: me playing either, but I just felt, you know, the one day he had the open goal and it, it bounced back to him. Um, maybe it came too quick, I don't know, but the, the job was done and uh, you know, I think Celtic showed a great attitude on the day. The, the attitude from the start was attack and from the first minute we had them pinned back. Now, your big man Ross Callaghan should have been off the park. Um, I mean, a couple of over-the-ball tackles um, and he well, got a booking for the second one but, uh, and he didn't seem to do much after that. But, you know, it was a bit of a rough house. And I, you know, I felt players had to watch their, watch their ankles a wee bit when they were going for balls and when they were getting challenged for balls. I felt, um, OK, I guess it's a physical game. I understand that. And, but I just think sometimes that, you know, if that's all you've got, you're trying to stop a, a team who are trying to play football, then it's a pretty poor show. Um, hope you're listening, Malky McKay.
1: Uh, there was plenty of naughty tackles, all right. Um, especially, in, especially in the first half, um, they were trying to, you know, stamp their authority. But Celtic were dominating play. And I, w- I was reading. Um, I think it was Graham Spears on Saturday. Um, his article in the newspaper, and he was he was writing about how has always finish strong uh, in Japan and in Australia. The, the league is goes to a playoff, something like like the Gaelic leagues, and. So he, he was he was saying that, you know, you're getting strong. So I'm saying, well, I hope so. But two players who started off the season on four looked very good, you know, on, on Sunday. And that was Jota and Kyogo. And they linked up. The ball in for the goal was absolutely brilliant. And as you say, the height, Larson-esque, the height he rose, to, you know, to, for a little man to put that in in, in the net, you know, and, and give us really, you know, take the nervousness away from us. Because, you know, I don't know about anyone else but I'm always nervous that, you know when it's so close and especially this time of the season because, you know you're in touching distance but we all remember helicopter Sunday you know
2: Aye. No, I've, I've adopted a different psychological approach to these games um, over the last couple of years for for a couple of reasons. And I just find that, you know, once the, once the game started, you know, or, or the build-up, to it, there's nothing that you or I can do to affect it. So I look at, you know, the, what the situation is with the team, our players against their players and our management against their management and our momentum against their momentum. And it fills them with confidence. So I, I try to stay pretty chilled, you know, I wouldn't say I'm pretty chilled during the 90 minutes, but in the run up to the game, you know, I'm, I'm pretty unfazed because I just think there's nothing you and I can do about it. And if you look at all the circumstances I just mentioned, then we, we shouldn't have any doubts at all. But uh, it was a big test for Celtic players. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, coming back from a defeat, and I think Ange said after the game, you know, the perfect phrase, you know, we lost the game in extra time if we haven't lost our momentum. And, you know, we get back on the rails again, straight into the momentum again, the good momentum we've had, um, you know, at Ross County. And the team answered a lot of questions for me. They showed a lot of character. You know, it's it's been a long season and it's been a season that these players have been put under enormous pressure to come into the club, um, get themselves settled into the club to understand the psyche of what Celtic are about. And most of all, to understand the demands of winning because a lot of players who've come from other teams are not used to winning. I mean, Matt O'Reilly came from MK Dons. No, no offence to them, but they're not used to winning cups and trophies. So the demands and the expectations are very high. And I think our players have grasped that really quickly. And uh, that has been a big part of our success. In total, to with the support, they understand the expectations.
1: Yeah, and the expectations are so high within the support um and I think because we, we didn't, you know, we had a shaky start and then things settled and I just think that, you know, momentum has built all season and we have been you know, I think we've been surprised by Ange for honest and he's, you know, he's you know, we are we, we've grown to love him, you know. As you, as you said on Twitter I think earlier or yesterday, you know. He just arrived with a suitcase full of jumpers. That <laughs> Um so, Like, like and he did. Like, like unless you're a, a football no or an anorak, you know, there wasn't a lot you knew about Ange. And, uh, no, and I mean,
2: he, I, uh, I had never heard of him at all. I'd never heard the name, and I was thinking some of the broadcasters uh, are going to be struggling to say his second name. Of course, he quickly used it. But uh, when he came in, first thing you do when you don't know about MD is the, you look up the past. You no, know, And he had you know, won in Japan, he'd managed the Australian national team, which I didn't know. And he'd won, uh, he'd won trophies in Australia. So I thought, well, why not? Um, you know, we seem to, boy, hop back to Eddie Howe again. He seems to be doing quite well at Newcastle. But, um, you know, we seem to have all our eggs in one basket with Eddie Howe for two or three months. And uh, Ange was sort of plucked. Um, out of the sky the same day that Eddie Howe had said no. I think Eddie Howe said no around about one o'clock on a Friday. And I think Ange was first mentioned at five o'clock that same day. So they obviously, you know, had been looking at him. Uh, you know, it would be, be pretty poor management, you know, to be just looking at one person and not have any backup at all. So he was obviously in and around there. And when he said recently, you know, you know, he just he just wanted the job, he would have walked to Celtic Park. I know we've heard all that kind of chat before, but I actually believe that he was just wanting the opportunity to manage a club like Celtic and wasn't too interested in, you know, maybe who he could bring with him. Obviously brought nobody with him. So that just shows you the amount of confidence that guy's got to walk into a place. I mean, to this day you and I walk up to Celtic Park and we feel quite in awe of the whole situation. Imagine walking up there on your own, in a suitcase full of bad jumpers. That was a joke, obviously. You know, but you don't know you don't know any um background team, you don't know any of the staff, you don't know the people around about you. That is that takes you know big kahunas, it really does. And uh as you see, we've grew to love them. And uh, I remember just looking at the first issue of the the alternative the other day the first issue when he came and I said you know we have, you have a full backing let's go um, and it's been that way since um, I think Celtic fans and the support in general by nature always give somebody a chance I think we always we have underdog mentality anyway so when you have underdog mentality you always try and embrace somebody new coming in to join your fight and everything we do with Celtic is a fight. The very culture in the country that we live in, the games and the referees we play against, everything is a fight. So he's come in and embraced everything. And I, I just think, you know, t- tremendous. Uh, and, I, and somebody had said to me the other day, yesterday, online, oh, you know, I think, um, I don't think it'll be long before big teams from England come looking for an... Well, you know, I'm quite comfortable about that because I don't think that that will happen. For one reason that I don't think fame and money is Angie's God. I think if he feels happy in a place, I think if he feels settled, and I think if he feels importantly that he's backed and his aim for what he wants for Celtic, I don't think he would want to look anywhere else. Not getting back into the Brendan Rogers situation, but I always felt Brendan, Celtic were a stepping stone for Brendan. You know, I just felt like, you know, first good opportunity and he'd be off, which was proved right. So, you know, enough said about that. But I don't think Ange is of that character. I think Ange, if he's happy with all the aspects I mentioned there, he, he wouldn't want to, be to go somewhere else. I think he, he's a builder. He likes to build things and he's, he's built a team here. And I think, you know, if he disappeared tomorrow, he'd be pretty much, you know, unhappy about the fact that what he was building they couldn't see right to the end. So I think that's his aim. You know, he's happy with what he's doing. And
1: um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any problem with him leaving Celtic in the next two, three years at least. Yeah, like as you said, Matt. You know, he arrived up with a suitcase on, on on his own, yeah, and he did say, "I'll have a look at." If you listen to Dermot Desmond's recent rare interview, um, he he talks about Gange like, coming and saying, "I'll have a look and I'll see what I need." and we we know he inherited the coaching staff and after the season we'd had no one was too happy with John Kennedy and striking and staying there but big mix involved in the in the setup now as well no one's complaining about the backroom staff this year and it's the same backroom staff so Ange's happy with them but yeah. one player one player that never got a look in you know for years was Tony Ralston and I taught himself and Greg Taylor on Sunday it's standing and I think Greg Taylor has, has improved under Ange as well and I, I just thought the two of them on Sunday played really really well the, you know overlapping getting up the pitch defending when they needed to defend because Ross County came out in the second half gave it a go but I never felt that we were under threat. Yeah
2: well, I think all those points have made there very pertinent <clears throat> on the first one the back room staff Ange has walked in and he wants things done a certain way. Now, he's never worked with these people before. So they must be doing what he has asked. They must be assisting the aims that he has. They must be carrying out the jobs, the tasks that he's given them. Each person seems to have a particular task. If you notice himself, Celtic put a sub on. Ange doesn't get involved at all. It's generally Gavin Strachan speaks to the two players. So there's a pre, <clears throat> pre-laid out plan here of who does what. When a sub comes on, you know, sometimes you see the manager getting back in. The subs are made. They speak to Jeremy Cabin Strachan. Um, he's shown them something on his laptop, the famous laptop. But uh, whatever that does, that seems to work. Um so therefore, Ange's total trust in the people that's come in, um, or that he's that he's come in to work with rather. On the players, again, the same same philosophy. You do a job for me, you'll always be in my team. So if I was a player and my type of guy, straight talker, no nonsense, no backstabbing. He's the kind of guy I could sit and have dinner with seven days a week. Um, so I would think that Ange in the dressing room and he's saying to them, you trust me because I'm going to trust you when I put you out in that park. You do a job for me and you'll be in this team for good. So the players have who probably weren't doing so well last year uh, that you mentioned and a couple of other ones. You know they've buckled down. And they've made that place their own. Tony Ralston doesn't play every game, but I get the the I get the feeling that he just likes to be there part of the squad. Knowing that if he plays two games out of six, he's perfectly happy. That day might change. That that situation might change someday. But you know, at the minute, he just seems so happy. He's got a new contract. So happy to be part of a squad that's gone places. So the philosophy with the players and the background team that you mentioned is that these people are doing well because Ange has trusted them and they, importantly, have answered the call of the particular position and the task staff.
1: Yeah, Matt, and the goal at the start of the game, early in the game, goal at the end of the game, send us all down the road happy. And then, you know, straight away, the talk is, you know, all the regulars, all the season book holders will be in Celtic Park, but you got some people who will be travelling from the States and travelling from abroad, you know, on the hunt for tickets. So, you know, it's going to be a packed stadium on Sunday. we well, 2 all with them in Fix just this year. Uh, first game, wasn't really Andrew's team. Didn't do too bad. They got the result. Then... Brought the Celtic Park midweek, and we we you know we toned in a first half performance that was delightful to watch, and I think we were we we were high, you know, without drink or drugs after that game because they were just so good. Then we go to Oibrox and get a result, mm-hmm. and then we get we're a bit deflated after losing the cup because you know, although we got used to winning trebles you know, they, they are a hard thing to win, mm-hmm. and but we're two all now, man. We're at home. We win the game. The league is as bad as mathematics. Um, they, if they get a win, does it there's a build their momentum? You know, is a draw? Are we happy with a draw, Matt? Where does Matt McGlone sit on this one?
2: Uh, once again, uh, I look at all the aspects that I mentioned earlier on: the character and the team, the quality of the players that we have, the fact we're at home, and I said to myself, why would I be thinking that we can't win this game? That's exactly where I stand on it. Um, I just look at all the factors, that I think. Very confident going there. Um, Celtic, urged on by you know the crowds um, in a game to literally win the championship, um, will will we'll actually play out their skins. Every single sinew and muscle in the players' bodies will be going 100 miles an hour to win this game. That's difficult to beat, Plus, I think we've got a bit of character about us now, and just built a good character into the team. So the players have the character, they have the skill, they have the fans behind them, and I don't have any fears about Sunday. I don't even know what the bookies odds are at the minute, but I would to be I'd be pretty much sure that Celtic would be favourites for this game.
1: Oh, I think so. The home advantage, plus you know, top mm-hmm. of the table as well. Uh-huh. You know, for, from you know, from a negative to a positive underange. It's been, it's been, uh, it has given us confidence, Matt, and like, okay, you're always, you're always going to be a bit cocky going into games against them, because, you know, you're you going to be, you know, you're going to be thinking with your heart, you know, over your head sometimes, and we have over the decades, we've, we've gone into games where we've, you know, we've thought, ah, oh, we can do this, we can do this, but, at the end of the day, we didn't. But this is one that we can do and we can make, you know, we, we, we can make it a great end to, end, to, end to another good weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, the task of winning a championship, it's very difficult, you know, 38 games or whatever um, right through the season. And there'll be lapses during that season where things are not going well in your life, your body's not quite in the way you want it, and some performances are down. But let's say we're all standing in the dressing room this Sunday and Angie's team talk is every one of you here that I've picked to go and all the substitutes, you guys stand on the edge of history here. You stand on the cusp of a fantastic season. You stand ready to claim victory in the championship, a game that will change your lives. And every single fan out there, apart from them, 700, whatever it is, Every single Celtic fan out there is depending on you. And you can be a hero forever because people will never forget your names. Go out in the jersey and go out and prove to yourself that you're a champion and that you can win a title in your first season because this will never be forgotten. Go and make history. Now, if somebody said that to me in a dressing room, you know, I would be absolutely kicking the door out to get onto that park. And I'm pretty sure that Angie's team talk will be as simple and straightforward as that. Just go and do what you're good at. You're very good at your job. You've proved it. You're six points clear with five, uh, four games to play. Go out and finish the job. Go and prove it. We beat them in Sunday. We just have to draw with Haps and the league's over the following Saturday. That's all. That's all it needs. I don't see us losing Saturday as Sunday, rather. I don't see us losing the following week against Harts.
1: Full of confidence, Matt. That's what I like to hear.
2: Well, why not? I mean, you, you don't get into any battle or situation in life, you know, feeling scared. Um, you have to say, can do. I, I was always brought up in my family. Uh, if I said I couldn't do that, that my attitude, particularly from my mother, was, well, you can do that. Why can't you do that? Go and do that. When you're younger and you say, I can't do that. My mother would always say, of course you can do that. Why? Why can you not do that? Go and prove it. Go and do it. And I think that, you know, when we get into a battle with Celtic, we have to adopt the attitude that we can do for all the reasons I've said. We're good enough. We are good at our jobs. We have got to this stage by playing good football. You know, turning around with that 26-point loss last year um, to six points at the minute. You know, I think that the minute we clinch this league, the early the better, we'll probably win the league by more than six points. You know, I don't
1: think this is going to be a helicopter job. Oh I, I certainly hope not. Ma
2: um, No No helicopters. No helicopters in my head.
1: No well definitely not. I will not be in a helicopter, I'll be in a cheap Ryanair Airfly. <laughs> if I no, see man, a
2: helicopter
1: but but if seriously. I see a
2: helicopter <laughs> If I see a helicopter in the last day of the season It could make me The last time you'll see me
1: (laughs) 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 But but, but on a serious note Matt right? You saw the strength On the bench On Sunday You know the players It must have been frightening For the Ross County players When they seen What was going off And what was coming on Now with the exception Of uh, Juranovic Everyone's fit I think For Sunday You know These are brilliant Selection headaches for the manager, and you know, there's a couple of positions that does You know, a few people voting for. You know, a lot of the other positions that the lads have nailed nailed the jersey to their back. You know, it's two centre halves, the goalkeeper. But you know, there's there's two kind of like. You know, does Kyogo start? I think he does. Yeah. Well,
2: you see, I've always looked at this situation as it Jerkamakis or is it Kyogo. <clears throat> The way I've sort of tried to work this out is it's not actually one or the other. It's both. Because I think that um, particularly as Kyogi is just coming back from injury and Chia Kumakis is just coming back from injury as well, that neither are going to be a first start for 90 minutes. You know, I think that, you know, they'll both maybe play a part in the game um, because of the fitness balance to get things going. You know, something that kind of stuck out for me in the semi-final game was Celtic lack a wee about physicality in midfield um, in the cup um, and you know everybody sort of crying out for Giacomacchus because he's got that physical presence and he's a bit of a target man and um, kind Kyago of really just coming back from injury in my head, they don't, they're don't, they not physical players and they didn't pose any physical threat to, to Rangers but I actually might look at this because Rangers are full of big physical guys you might look at this for a balance, you might think that Geo Komakis, um, just because of his physicality, might start the game. I mean, I, I couldn't second guess, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I'm probably obviously wrong, but, you know, he, he might think that, um, who knows, but I think both players will play a part in the game. I think, there's no doubt about that, that, you know, both are maybe, you know, sort of selected to, to change things about bit up front and um, I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to it and
1: Jota and Mayra on the wing or does Abada get a start
2: well Abada Abada shooting recently has been atrocious I mean he's been shooting off over the bar miles over the bar the last couple of games um, I don't know I, I think Maeda is a guy you have to say definitely starts he doesn't give defenders a minutes piece doesn't give a fullback a minutes piece Um, you know he's everywhere he's like human dynamo Um, and Jota obviously has to start yeah probably go with those two but you know I think Celtic Rangers game is because Rangers physicality I think Ange might look at a couple of different alternatives if Peton's fit you know could there be a place for him because he's a bit more physical and in the Cup semi final, I was standing thinking of players who could sort out that midfield not being highly critical, but we did falter a bit in midfield and the game turned for them when they brought on Arfield and Davis, Two physical players, old heads. I was thinking, Davy Hay, imagine having a Davy Hay in there. Davy Hay would have just put in tackles at the right time, showed a bit of steel. You know, Scott Brown, that type of player. Um, I think we kind of missed a bit of physicality and I think that's what ended up winning Rangers the game in the semi-final, that they changed to midfield and, and we,
1: we brought on two players that had no effect in the game at all. Yeah, and that physicality didn't help with the referee.
2: You know, I love the way Ange doesn't discuss referees. <clears throat> part of me wants him to say, but then the other part of me says, and he's doing very well not mentioning it, he's, he's been diplomatic, he's holding his council. I was talking to a couple of friends last night about this, and I was thinking, you know, up at Aberdeen when they played Aberdeen, they sent a dossier into the SFA complaining about the referee. It was Kevin Clancy, a seven-eight point, whatever it was, umpteen point dossier, um, complaining about the referee's decision. And I don't think Clancy's refereed the game since. And that sort of tells me if you complain, you get somewhere, but we don't complain, we don't get anywhere. Well. Do you hold your council forever? Because I think some of the refereeing decisions this year have been absolutely shocking, particularly in that semi-final. You know, players grappling, you know, our players jumping on their backs and you know, situations like that. Um Lundstrom seemed to just foul at will the entire day long and you know get away with it. Uh, so yeah, the referee situation doesn't concern me a great deal for Sunday. But we look at past refereeing displays, they're either very poor at their job or else there's something wrong with their eyesight.
1: Yeah, now there's one other position that may be up for grabs because Beaton is a good call because a lot of people mentioned him after the the, the cup game. They, you know, they were saying, "Look, we needed someone. You know, we needed someone with a bit of muscle in there." And you know, in the absence of of a Scott Brown, Beaton's probably the the most physical player we have to go in there. And you know, he's big and strong. But I I can't see him coming in In this game At home I think I think Itate is I think I think, I think the midfield You know McGregor and Hatate, But You know Does Roderick start Does one of the other boys come in There's kind of three Can play in that role You know Well he's
2: As you've seen Since he's brought in Matt he's, he's swapped Roderick and Matt O'Reilly Around I think there was one game They played together it didn't work out so since it's been either or, and sometimes it's been either or during the same game. Um, no, I, I, get, I agree with you, probably won't play Beaton, But I was just sort of thinking of a physical presence, as I'm sure you were there. If there was a physicality needed there, um, he, he didn't travel to Ross County the other day there. He wasn't in the squad for the semi-final. and she has been asked about it and he said that Beton's got a, a small issue didn't say what the small issue was. It could be on or off the park. It could be maybe had COVID and he's not returned from COVID as fit as they, or as strong as he wanted to be. I've got no idea. I'm just speculating. But, yeah, I think he'd be an important player to have on the bench because that's the only threat I see from Rangers, their physicality. Um, and, you know, some of our players, you know, Hattie looks to me to be running on empty a wee bit. You know, he's doing his very best and great. But, you know, he's had a full season elsewhere as Maida has. And, um, you know, this is their close season. So they haven't had a break at all. You're asking an awful lot of players. You're asking an awful lot. You know, because the body is a, a machine. And with all the sports scientists at Celtic Park, at Lennox Town, you know, they have players finely tuned. And um, you can't be finely tuned forever. You have to have a rest. So Atati maybe looks like he's a wee bit tiring um, but he is a very good player and his passes are fantastic and he seems to get a lot of the ball in midfield so yeah, I would imagine he would play but uh, maybe Andrew, look at the physical aspect of what Rangers have and maybe Tinker things a wee bit thinking what happened in the semi-final who knows
1: Matt, before we, before we wrap up um, can you just take us back in time to uh, one of your favourite Celtic Rangers games? Or did I catch it on the hub?
2: No. (laughs) Well, um, because I'm the oldest person on this programme, I've seen quite a lot of Celtic Rangers games. Um, But the one I think that stands out for me, which, I mean, there's a great selection here. I'm thinking of one game, but there's other games running through the back of my head. But the the most recent one was 22 years ago. Uh, Martin and Neil's first Celtic Rangers game at Parkhead. You know, when, a bit like this season, we had lost this season, I think, I think we'd lost the previous season by 21 points, when Barnes and Bill were doing their thing there. And uh, I think it was big Chris Sutton scored after a few minutes. And I think the buzz, the excitement, the noise, and the atmosphere of that game just riveted right through you from your head to your toes and it's something that sort of lived with me for a long time, that, that particular victory and just because the way we had done it, we had ran over the top of them and when Henrik you know, chipped um, cont- uh, beat Contamin and then chipped Kloss you know, it was a beautiful sunny day it was a day made in heaven if, if I ever want to know what heaven looks like, I felt like I was in heaven that day uh, that was just fantastic, six two. It, it, was, it was a most wonderful afternoon.
1: Yeah, Matt, it's it's one that sticks out in my mind. Um, again, the sunshine. We we got back in the bus after the game. Uh, I used to sit. We used to sit in the Jock's upper and I remember when I scored. I just seen me May Hilly, and he, he he was just he was just running up and down the steps. He wasn't even. <laughs> Just looking for something to celebrate with. You know, he, he wanted one of his own mates. And then he, he, I seen him grabbing his brother at one stage. And it was just that's a memory that sticks in my mind from that day. And I always mm-hmm. remember the the session on the boat going home that night. It was mm-hmm. uh it was just, you know, it was it was the arrival of Martin O'Neill, mm-hmm. you know, um the pressure was on him mm-hmm. to deliver in that first game. Right. And I was right. at the I was at the Willie Maley um Memorial Committee for the statue that they're building in Yuri, they had a big night in Celtic Park on Friday night mm-hmm. sold out show great night but Martin O'Neill was the guest Matt and he spoke about that 6-2 game and like it just brings so many happy memories back you mm-hmm. know that 90 minutes was it was just as you mm-hmm. said it was just a special it was mm-hmm. just a special wasn't it, it was like
2: yeah, yeah it was special I think it's because of the, the situation prior to where we had been down in the dumps, and the way we had come back in such a spectacular fashion—you know—we beat them by five since you know with Dembele and various know, Edwards and scoring. But I think the circumstances prior to the six-two game, where we had been sort of down there, new manager coming in—it was just fantastic. I mean, we rattled in three goals, I think, within fifteen minutes, and then you know, we all turned around, looking at each other. And, Oh, now I see these results I always turn around and say to my children or my friends who are sitting there by me you know we could get seven here you know <laughs> it's this daft thing you have in your head we beat them 7-1 and you're thinking it's 3 nothing after 15 odd minutes we could get seven here and somebody's going no we could get eight and it's like it's just that childish boyish enthusiasm that you have that Celtic give you even when I'm older now, and you're whatever, everybody who's older will always have that impeach boyish enthusiasm of what Celtic can do and the buzz they can give you. You mentioned earlier the on there, you know, that after the three nothing game, there we didn't need any drink or drops. <laughs> that again was that day. You just don't need any additives at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I always remember I, um, a pal of mine went into the to the shop on the boat. I think we were, we were coming home with the slow boat, which we don't normally like, but it was brilliant that day because it was an extra hour and a half drinking time on the boat with, with your mates. And he went in and he bought a little penny whistle in the shop, and that's what started the sing song. He playing the tin whistle and it was just, it was just yeah. one of them days where just everything was everything was just perfect, wasn't it? The weather. The result. It
2: was, it was because at that time they were buying their way through all sorts of big time players with money that we now know that they, you know, they didn't have. Um money that they should have used to to pay debts and various other things. But they didn't, they were overpaying players and these EBTs and all this kind of stuff. And I is always the guy that sort of sticks out in my mind as being part of that scene. And to see Martin O'Neill, you know, that great picture of him with the, the black track on, the top ten white, pulling oh, it, pulling pull jumping up in the air like a wee boy. You know, it's just that image lives with you forever. It just showed you, I mean, if if anybody ever wanted to know could a manager connect with the support, there's your picture right there. Because nobody does that by putting it on. That is sheer inside elation that just goes right through you and we identified with him. He identified with us. We absolutely humped him big time, and um, you know that that was yeah. I've got to say, off the top of my head, my probably my best in the last thirty
1: years Celtic Rangers game. Yeah, I, I'm, get, I'm getting goosebumps on what signing Chris Sutton was.
2: Oh, big Chris! I, I love, I love Chris. <laughs> I met Chris a few days. I've got to know him a wee bit, and you know he's, he's a cracking big guy, big easy going guy. And uh, I, I remember his, his previous agent telling me that his nickname was, uh, was The Pony. And I've never seen that written anywhere. And apparently it's because of his, his style of running that they nicknamed The Pony. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this, Chris, you can tweet me and let me know if that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, and his and old strike partner, John Harton was calling out um, referees. Uh, last week as well, which which was which was refreshing. Without without saying, you know, but I, th- I thought it was great the way he came out and said, you know, if you support the team in England, you can't referee them. And he said that's the way it should be in Scotland. Now the only thing in Scotland was to be very few referees left. Well, I, you know, I think that's
2: part of the problem. That if you ask a referee what team he supports here, then he's never going to be a referee in a Rangers game in his life again. You, you know, drinking the bars, um, but. It, 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 well as we know they do drink in the bars you know and uh, as we're doing this broadcast I think they're putting out they the ref who the referee's going to be on Sunday um, I don't know who it is but it looks like it's going to be beaten um, so him again um, bit of a school teacher attitude he has with players you know it's, come here come here you know and there's no humour about him. I think the best referees are the guys that can have a bad humour and try and let the game flow without trying to be the centre of attraction themselves. Referees should never be the centre of attraction in the game. You should just be the guy that's
1: you know, saying what's right and what's wrong, and let the players get on with it.
2: Yeah, some good referees'
1: performance. Ref- Sorry, Matt, good referees' performance is the one you don't notice.
2: Yeah, exactly. But as I say, some referees like to be the centre of attraction. I think he's one of them. <clears throat> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was interesting comments for John. And I like the fact that John comes out with these kind of things. That's just Chris Sutton and a couple of other people. Um, and then there's hardly anybody else who's a commentator on Scottish football or who will make these kind of comments. But it's very true. What's the point of having VAR if you've got a bunch of Rangers fans? Say, looking from our perspective... I may be slightly flippant here, but what's the point of having VAR if, say, you have a bunch of Rangers supporting decision makers watching the game? No, their decisions are going to overrule VAR—the very reason VAR there for. Um, so he was quite right to say we should maybe bring up referees from from uh, from down south who have no affiliation to any team here. <clears throat> you're right what you're saying. You know, in England, you have to say what team you support or you supported as a boy. If you turn around and say Man United, you're not going to be a referee in Man United games. If you see Liverpool, you're not doing their games. But you're right, up here, teams support seven of them Rangers, 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 Clyde, and Broth, Motherwell. You know?
1: <laughs> but, like, with, with the refereeing thing, Matt, right? I, sh- like, you know, if I was refereeing a Saturday game, I would be biased. And it's only natural. So these referees are biased. You know, it's 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 just the way it is. No matter what yeah. sport you're in, if if you're a boxing mm-hmm. judge and it's a close fight, you're going to give it to the home boxer if you're the home judge. Yeah. That's just the way mm-hmm. it is. That's just yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot more at play when when it's when it's Celtic and Rangers. But yeah, the refereeing is just. But you know what? We could have a whole podcast on referees, and John, John Fallon could probably have a soap opera on referees. <laughs> <laughs> I love chatting to John about referees. Oh my god. He, he, uh, I must get, I'd say I get a message every day about referees, and the one he messed me the other day was he was obviously watching Sky ref watch, and he said, no, Nothing none the game the other day. <laughs> I see He said there was no Sky ref watch the other day, didn't he? <laughs> well, he, he never said he was watching Sky ref watch. He, he just messed me, he says, i got no, nothing about it, and I was going, What's he on about? You know <laughs> And then, about three texts later, you find out he's right, he's watching ref. I'll be seeing
2: John soon. I'm going to a Celtic dinner that John's a guest at as well. And uh, uh, he's brilliant. I, I, I love John's company. Um, you know, he, his stories are great and he's got great energy for referees. That's the best oh, way yeah. I can do it. But we
1: had uh, we had John and Josh and, and McCloskey at the more than 90 minutes dinner a couple of weeks ago in the number 10 and Aaron Boyle interviewed John and you know you're just oh, thanks, for the, uh, thanks for the invite by the way I did invite you you were invited <laughs> you were <laughs> <never> torn up <laughs> you, you, you weren't even on the bench you were in the first team you are on the table plan and all oh first of all, I heard of it two weeks after it <laughs> carry on don't worry you can still send your ticket money <laughs> We, we're sticking there for next year. Um, but well, but Aaron arrived. interviewed him, right? And f- it's just arrived. Yeah, there you go, there's a ticket. You're just waiting for John to come out with, you know, the referee. And I was just saying to Aaron, do not mention referees. Do not mention referees. No, John's a uh, John's great chap when it
2: comes to referees because, you know, if I, if I ever thought that, you know, I had a problem with referees, then I know that John has got ten times out of that problem.
1: <laughs> Probably ten times yours as well. <laughs> uh, it's magic, and, and it's it, this is the truth, right? That was we we'll say two weeks ago, and we were at a wedding last mo- Monday. Johnny McChrystal from the balamina Shamrock got married, and uh, there's a couple of boys off from Glasgow, and John was over for the wedding. And the first thing, the first thing he said to me was, "Did you see that past the <laughs> <laughs> and I knew who he was on a bit right that was forcing. he didn't even say hello <laughs> I've oh, just hey, I've
2: just received your invite here hang on <laughs> I'll just watch that uh, what's today's date 26 <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's There's for next year there's something I got wrong here. That's for next year, right? Um, that's a type of error. Anyway, Matt, right? so too much laughing going on. Now. This is, we think, you know, we're mature We're mature podcasters now. We need to be a bit more serious. Yes, now. absolutely. We shouldn't, we, we shouldn't be having fun. No. You know, We should be giving her referees. Anyway, Matt. Well, if, we're been, one, if, we're, if we're doing one next week, I think we will be having fun. Yeah, Matt, Hopefully, we can get time to do one next because I know you're very busy with uh, interviews with the BBC and Sky and Watch. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> not me. <laughs> Ma, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure as always to chat to you, and it was nice because it's been a couple of weeks and we moved into our lovely new studio, but now we've no time to do it because we're back we're back in the real world. There's no more, you know. Not that I want to lock down again, but we did have more time to do stuff. Um, look, it's been absolutely brilliant to chat to you. Always get, great to get an insight off you, Matt. Uh, as I said, you've been on the terraces a long time and um, you're looking great for it too. You know, a little bit of grey going on, that Richard Gale look, you know. Very, very Hollywood. Um, well, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk next week, Matt, and hopefully we'll be celebrating. Right, yeah, absolutely. Fully confident Let's do it We're good enough Just go and do What you're good at Quick prediction uh, Three one I'm happy with that Matt If you can give me The fourth goal scorer I'll be even happier uh, Chris, Sutton. <laughs> Chris Sutton Chris Sutton Chris Sutton 6-2 Sunshine it's a bit late A bit late A bit late like Your invite Chris Sutton <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe You're still going to A bit Get over it Will you <laughs> See you later See you later, Matt. You've been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, folks. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on Celtic Fans and TV. And if you're on the podcast channels, hit subscribe as well. And don't forget to visit the website, CelticFans.com. Don't forget to buy your time of view. And don't forget to buy more than 90 minutes. Thank you so much.